Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? Broadcasting live from the greatest city in the world. Austin, Texas, baby. It's Bucky and Aaron. You guys want to play some twos? You know what? Actually, we're kind of in the middle of a conversation. B and E. What's B and E? Bucky Godbolt, Aaron Hogan on the Horn, 104.9 AM 1260 and hornfm.com. With the Longhorns play and Austin Talks Sports. Beginning with you, final hour on this Monday morning. Rainy to start your day this morning, but uh, sunshine now, which is a good thing. A lot of big conversations today. Longhorn baseball, really, really impressive in Coral Gables. Three days, three wins. Took out Miami twice and eliminated the Hurricanes. Returning the favor, of course, Hurricane basketball eliminated Texas basketball this year in the Elite Eight. Baseball team got got their back, and they will now wait on the winner of tonight's Texas A&M-Stanford contest. The winner will uh, either host Texas or play here in Austin this weekend in a Super Regional. And, Buck, we talked about the uh, the Director's Cup. Listen, listen how close this is. So Stanford's women's softball team is playing Oklahoma right. in the College World Series. They're probably not going to beat Oklahoma. So they've advanced I'm as far as they I'm going to there's a good chance that they will not <laughs> win that. Uh, Oklahoma's won 50 games in a row. But Stanford will play them. And the this is why I said earlier, and you need to be rooting for Texas A&M tonight. I know it's impossible to root for Aggies if you're a Longhorn fan. But so if if if, if the Aggies win tonight, that would mean a, that that Stanford doesn't advance further, and the women's softball team likely won't advance any further. Right, uh, they're going to lose to Oklahoma. That would mean Texas would need to advance to the College World Series to gain nine additional Directors' Cup points, and they would be on their way to a three-peat. Right now, Stanford leads the point total 1,376 to 1,372. That fencing team. That fencing team and the uh, others. But uh, So root for the Aggies. I know. Ty's in there throwing up in his own mouth. I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to root for the Aggies. But, Not happening. Uh, two reasons. Three reasons. One, the Aggies are ranked 24th in the country. The, the Stanford Cardinals are ranked 8th. If you're going to play somebody, you'd rather play the lower-ranked team. B, you still have a chance to host the regional if you're Texas, if the director, if the uh, if the bids come in and Texas can host that regional, and you have a chance to win the directors. That's true. Three reasons to root for the Aggies. Uh, our next guest would probably never root for the Aggies. I don't know. He is a lifetime Longhorn and one of the greatest players in Texas football history. And now he's doing great work here in Central Texas. Jamal Charles. Jamal Charles is here. How Thank are you, you, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me on the show. It's good to have you, man. I'm excited. Now, we'll talk about your event coming up, uh, but we were just talking in the break. You've got three kids, and you're living out in Lake Travis now. you got uh, two daughters, and your son Isaiah is here with you. Yeah, i got Isaiah in the house. <laughs> and uh, and as you said, your, your girls are playing all kinds of sports all and uh, raising sports. a family now. Raising a family, family, uh, family man now, a father, uh, um, uh, husband. Uh, that's my life now, you know what I'm saying? Uh, citizen. I, the life after Good football. Citizen. <laughs> what is that like? I mean, Jamal, I mean, you, you can only speak to you, but you know, you're only 36 years old, and uh, you know your your professional career and what you you know grew up to do is over, and now you're becoming a uh, 
becoming a father full-time and doing things like this with the Boys and Girls Club that we're going to talk about coming up. But uh, has, has that been a challenge for you to, to transition out of football and into something new? Oh, yeah. It's, it's hard, you know what I'm saying, knowing football your whole life. And then next thing you know, it ends like 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 uh, a blink of an eye. And then you're trying to figure out what's, what's, the, what's the next solution after uh, life after football. So it was a hard transition just trying to figure out what what's the next plan, what's the next what to do next, but uh, for sure uh, if you I mean growing up and you know what I'm saying that's all you breed football, but now when I, I raise my kids now I don't want them to depend, depend on one one opportunity, one one sport. I want them to do other things in education wise. Yeah, it's incredible when your life has been so structured for you. Now all of a sudden you become the structure for somebody else now, your children now. You have to you have to become that structure. You and your wife have to become the structure for others. Your responsibility is a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, then, uh, no, it's not a little bit different. It's a lot different. <laughs> it's it's totally different when you uh when you re- relied on yourself for so many so so long from nineteen teenager to college mm-hmm. and not having a family, not having a wife, and now going to in the NFL and having a family, having it. Now you got responsibilities. Now you start to figure out what I was. What I have to uh, to do to take care of my family for the rest of my life. He's a lifetime Longhorn, a Longhorn national champion, of course, uh, two-time first-team All-Pro as well in the National Football League. Read the uh, NFL in rushing uh, in what a couple times you did that. <laughs> Freshman of the year in the Big Twelve. Man, the the list goes on and on. So you're one of the greatest players at that position. Bucky coached running backs when he was at Texas, mm-hmm. but. Uh, where do you put? What did you think of watching Bijan Robinson for a couple of years here at Texas? Um, Bijan is special, man. Uh, I was able. To, he's a humble guy. He's a, a good kid. Uh, he got a, a gray head on his shoulder. He's like he's a hard worker. Uh, I, I'm so proud of what Bijan did at University of Texas. He, uh, tried to be a leader. He's an outstanding player, and then he's one of one of them players that you really. It's rather to see like that talent he have. Yeah, yeah. He, he's very special, and you were very special, not only here but. At Kansas City, which was, you know, where Priest Holmes spent some of his time, and yep. to watch watch both of you guys, and to and to watch you, when did, when it was a Jamal, did you had to figure out the the real real physicality of that position? I mean, I, the physicality different in the NFL than it was when you were in college, when 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 it was bone on bone, mm-hmm. because I, had, I I always told these guys when I went to an NFL practice, guys practice without shoulder pads yep. and how the sound of the the guys grabbing each other. And running backs running full speed through the line without shoulder pads on. I mean, I yeah. and this is when I was a young coach. I went and I, I was like, wait a minute, this sounds harder than the the, the college game with pads on. Yeah, the different levels of playing in the NFL. Uh, I'm being a pup coming in like 20, 21, and you playing against 38, 39 year old, and and it's 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 a different level, man. And uh, you, uh, I injured one time. I injured something in my foot that I never, never. Imagine like the injured like that's the that's the difference playing at a high level. You playing that you gonna injure something that you never worked on in your whole <laughs> career. It's weird, and I'm like, it's 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 playing at a high level like that is is you gotta take care of your body. You gotta have your mind straight, mentally health. You gotta uh, have you gotta have everything in order to be prepared to play at that level because it's it's a different type of level. It's and when you against. say mentally, I mean you you've got a, your your preparation. All the time. I mean, because there are there are ups and there are there's got to be and as many ups as you have. There has to be that many downs because when somebody's looking for your job every single year, it's got to be it's got to be mentally you got to be knowing exactly you have to be right on your p's and q's of what you're what you're trying to do what you're trying to accomplish. Oh yeah, it's just not even uh it's not that it's the coaches. You know what I'm saying? Coaches getting your head and and beating you up and telling you that hey 
you need to get your stuff together. You know what mm. I'm saying? Like you, you, you need to come to play. You didn't come to. You can do better. Like it's. It, I can't say the words what 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 they would say, but it's just that you know what I'm saying. Like coaches talk like that. I uh I uh. <laughs> I, I look around in my neighborhood and people baby the kids and I said once they get to a different level th- these kids got to have a mental strong head because th- when you get a play on a high level like that th- them coaches all they care about is their job <laughs> they got to eat too like <laughs> people don't understand that they got to take care of their family and uh and if you if you messing up that that they, 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 they too, also yeah. don't eat either <laughs> yeah that's right uh, that's why coaches would tell you the best ability is dependability you got to be able to rely on you to be here be mm-hmm. on time play your job do your job. Uh, speaking of B. John Robinson, this uh, year he went past Jamal Charles into fourth place on the all-time rushing list at Texas. But both of those two, uh, both of you guys only played three years, right? Earl Campbell, uh, Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson above it. Um, but so you guys are very similar in your statistics. And uh, off to the National Football League for Bijan, And you, of course, uh, had a stellar NFL career. Jamal Charles is with us and uh, doing good stuff. I, I'm assuming you're... Uh, because you have your family, your kids, and your, and your wife. That's what your your job is now. But you have your extended Longhorn family. Now, I, Buck and I always talk about how great it is that all you guys are so close as players and teammates and now adults and fathers. I know a bunch of your teammates live out there in Lake Travis where you're living, and some have opened up cupcake stops, and <laughs> some are doing other yeah. things. But that's pretty cool that you have your own family, but even in the transition of post-football, you have your Longhorn family. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to continue a brotherhood with uh, – with some of my uh, old teammates that I, I grew up in college with, uh, Derek Johnson, I played with him at University. I mean, I played. I didn't play with him at University of Texas, but it just had a relationship when we moved on to Kansas City and yep. it just connected at Kansas City. He was a legend there. So, and uh, I came in with Corn Cosby. Uh, me and Corn Cosby uh, came in the same year at, at University of Texas, and uh, Michael Griffin and uh, them guys are just we all connected, and we have kids around the same age and. Michael Huff, the same thing. Uh, he took me in like a brother at University of Texas, and and Brian Rightpo. We still we still click like today. The best friend. So all of them guys I mentioned, they they're gonna be helping with the uh, game day with uh with the football camp coming up on Friday, uh, from nine to one. Uh, I'm excited about it. Uh, giving back to the community, giving back to the kids. Uh, that's, that's, what, that's what I like to do. Yeah, that's right. Jamal and friends game day. It's the uh, for the boys and girls clubs of Central Texas, and uh, you, as you said, you're the you're the you're the face on it with the the NFL legend Jamal Charles. But as he said, uh, the Skills Clinic and flag football game will also be attended by uh, uh, Derek Johnson, Quan Cosby, Michael Griffin, Brian Rockpo, Michael Huff, and more uh, could be joining there. It's going to be at the home club on uh, out there on Ed Bluestein in East Austin. There coming up on Friday from nine until after lunch at one o'clock. Kids are out of school now, Buck. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a member of the Boys and Girls Club of America for 55 years. Oh, I, still ha- I still have a Dang. Boys and Girls. I still have a blue card as a Boys and Club. You used to go there after, cl- after school? I, oh, I used to spend Saturdays. It was, you're going to the Boys Club mm-hmm. on the south side of town. Okay. We'll come and pick you up at about 5, 6 o'clock in the <laughs> evening. I'd be there first thing in the morning, wow. and I'd be there all day long. There were activities at the Boys and Girls Club. Keep you yeah. out of trouble. Oh, yeah, keep you out of absolutely. trouble. Absolutely. Just kept, and you're talking about continued to be... As the start of being structured, that's what that's where I got my first start was the Boys wow. and Girls Club. As a matter of fact, that's awesome. That's awesome. Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. <laughs> well, and Jamal is here and putting on a great event. And as you said, this is what you like to do now: take care of your family and then give back. Mike Coffin is also here from the Boys and Girls Club, who's helping to to put this on. And you just said this is a, you've been working at the Boys and Girls Club. It's the best job you ever had. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, tell us uh, the mission of the Boys and Girls Club and why this is special to have somebody like Jamal helping to bring some of his buddies out there to spearhead this uh, this event. Well, thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Bucky. I appreciate being on the show of the people. 
Um, Mike's been listening for a while. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man. Sorry for Every you. day. <laughs> Every day. Well, Mike, again, Boys and Girls Club, as Bucky said, he's still got a card. I grew up working with kids, and, uh, I mean, it, you know, there's so many kids out there that don't have structure at home. As I talk about structure, that the Boys and Girls Club can give them that and uh, get them on a good path. Yeah, we had our spring lunch in, uh, I don't know, three or four weeks ago. Yeah. And CDC was our featured speaker, and he told the greatest stories, and he was cracking everybody up. But the best one he told cracked himself up a little bit. He had to choke up as he was talking about. I didn't know this, but he was a member of the Boys and Girls Clubs himself. And uh, he talked about people that poured themselves into him, people that gave him a vision of himself that he couldn't see yet. And uh, I think that's what, that's what we do at Boys and Girls Clubs. We pour in. Or in, and uh, we're in the hope and opportunity business. Well, and there's, uh, and we know there are so many bad paths that kids can choose if they don't have that structure, and uh, that are out there. This is an opportunity, Jamal, for kids to, as Buck said, and CDC, and so many others to find that good path. Yeah, uh, me and my wife been on the board for the last five years. Uh, we've been in the community, in the community with the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, we had host a football camp last year. So, I mean, my thing is uh, just inspiring kids. The kids is the future. I, I try to give the kids hope when I go up to the club and just try to pour into them, talk to them, and give them love. You know what I'm saying? Some people don't have the love at home. Some people can get it anywhere. Uh, I value my money with them, and I value my time with them. So I just go up there and just do what I can and, and, and trying to make the Austin community, community better. Yeah, your your time is so much more worth than it is than money. I mean, it really is. I mean, there, are, I mean, there are kids. Yeah, there'll be kids that will come to the Boys and Girls Club uh, of Austin that that are, are struggling to have a meal. You know, yeah. they they come there hungry. Mm-hmm. They come to that place and their stomachs are aching mm-hmm. because they didn't have a meal. They didn't have a they didn't have a lunch. They didn't. They don't know what dinner is going to be like when they get home. Yeah. But it, it's as I said, it was such a great foundation for me. I'm I'm one of eight kids. Okay. So. I, I was the oldest of eight, and my 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 all my brothers spent their time yeah. at uh, the, the boys' club, and it's just as I said, what they do for you and your time and just talking to kids sometimes just needs to be talked with. Yeah, you know, not talked to, but talked with. They want to talk to you. They want to they want to communicate engage. back with you and engage with you. And mm-hmm. you know, we get a lot of things as as coaches and and players. You know, we get a lot of stories to tell and. We, but I, it's like you want to hear theirs. What is your what was your yeah. story of the day, yeah. young man, young woman? What was your what, yeah. what, what did you what did you get out of this day? And it's it's incredible. It's just I, I just I can't be more thankful than my that was that was my start. And for what you're doing there and what you're doing, Mike, is just it's just it's the start for kids. And you'd be surprised that there'll be old timers like myself yeah. and, and and Mike that'll come back. You know, 20, 30, 40 years and say, I remember the Boys and Girls Club and what they did for me. And yeah. That's that's an important thing that I think this country still has. People like that, to complain about things, and, and oh, this is a way to get involved. That yeah. Oh, yeah. Help shape your community and help a young person. Yeah. And it's going to help those kids out, too. I mean, and, and those kids are going to help the next group, the next generation of kids, which yeah. is fantastic. I mean, I like the, uh, the club, man. You hear so many amazing stories about these kids coming to club and going to college and, and graduating with with. GPS off the charts, like it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's awesome. Like some of these kids just need a support system, and that's what I I needed growing up a, a support system, and and that's what I'm 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 here for. I'm just here to to, to pour in uh, into the community. Yeah, uh, I mean, and your story itself, Jamal, is one where you you were competing in the Special Olympics yeah. as a kid because mm-hmm. you had a learning disability mm-hmm. that. 
had a hard time reading. So yeah. once they diagnosed that and they were able to help you out, but you still contribute to the – we did an event out at Del Valley with mm-hmm. the Special Olympics, which was a really neat and a good time for, for me to, to be around you for that event. And that's, that's you pouring back into your community because you, you needed it uh, when you were growing up. You needed yeah. that same thing. And I still do uh, the Special Olympics, too. Uh, this year, I was telling Mike, we was going to Berlin, Germany for wow. for the World Games uh, with the Special Olympics. I'm still a Special Olympic ambassador. And, um, I mean, Special Olympics is a big part of my, my life as well, just as the Boys and Girls Club. So, I mean, I'm at where I can give the love. That That's where, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm, my availability is at. Now, did you, uh, your first love, did you love track more than football or football I love more track. Than... I love track. <laughs> I hate football. <laughs> I had to chase the money, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but you were a track guy. You could have been a, maybe, uh, you know. I ran in the Junior Olympics. Uh, you didn't bring none of my tracks uh, stacks up. Uh, I ran in college, too. I ran at UT. I got I won the Big 12 in 100, and I was a four-time All-American in uh, track at the University of Texas. So track is definitely uh, my uh, my first love. Well, you were you were hard to catch on a football oh. field, I know that. And, yes, I, I should have brought up your track accolades at the <laughs> University of Texas because you were a two-sport star. They don't yeah. really let them do that much anymore, do they? Yeah, I don't really see that no more. But, you know, I, I hope that, you know what I'm saying, these kids, this generation, they just let them focus on football, and I don't like that. I wish they can come up and play all, and sports? Play all sports. Like, you can play baseball, play baseball. I mean, I mean, at certain schools they do. Uh, I had a quarterback from USC, I think, uh, UFC, the, the, the Florida the quarterback that played for quarter uh, – for, you, uh, the UCF quarterback. Yeah, the USC. Well, uh, that transferred for a little yeah, bit. He plays yeah, baseball. He plays baseball and yeah. football. I'm like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I wish they can bring those two two sports guys back. You know what I'm saying? That's that's kind of what makes the sports even better. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, you, Buck and I, I grew up with Bo Jackson, crying out loud. <laughs> Deion Sanders. These guys were both yeah. doing great both. And uh, you know, Longhorns had a guy, Brendan Thompson, who or Brendan, uh, yeah, Brendan Thompson mm-hmm. who, from, from Spearman. Who was on the track team, but he transferred to Oklahoma now, so now okay. he's on the on the other side. Yeah. But it, it's still allowed, and they still do. Heck, uh, the long ones were recruiting the tight end. Remember the tight end buck from Arizona oh, yeah. that plays baseball? Oh, okay. Juice Robinson end up going to USC. Who's going to play both? So it it's still out there. But okay, I, yeah. I love that you encourage that because I agree with you. Too many kids and parents specialize specialize yeah, yeah, yeah. specialize too soon. Um, and and I promise you. Scouts in all sports are looking for well-rounded yeah, athletes, athletes that have played a lot of different things and understand failure and understand how to to to, to uh, compete. In every sport. Uh, Jamal Charles is here, the Boys and Girls Club, over <clears throat> 5,000 clubs nationwide, 25 right here in the Austin area. Uh, so for the event this week, it's Friday. Wanted to get, get you in here on a Monday and get ahead of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for this Friday, check-in is 9 o'clock to 9.30. Then you've got skills and drills, a break, more skills and drills, and then there's an actual flag football game. Uh, this is it, uh, and we'll get you the address again coming up. But you'll be there, Derek Johnson, Quan Cosby, Mike Griffin. Uh, Brian Arakpo, Michael Huff, and many more. How do hey, Aaron? Yes, sorry, I hate to break in here, but I just learned the event is now sold out. Oh, nice. Uh, so, uh, but we got it next year, and yeah. we've got uh, <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, we've uh, we've got uh, the Club Classic at Top Golf on August twenty fourth. If anybody wants to come out and join us, there you go. Yeah, and uh, so uh, I just wanted to be here to uh, you know pour into Jamal and. <laughs> these other le- Longhorn legends who are, you know, giving back. Yeah, they're Hall of Fame human beings. Yes, well, that's well said. And so it Very is a well sold-out event, but that's that's awesome that it is. And it's is this the first year of this? And you said there'll be more. The second, the second, second year. year. <laughs> All right. Well, it's in June, and so it gets snow. If you didn't get in this year, you're going to get your youngster in there. What what's the age group for the for the for the camp that are going to be there? On uh, I think it's eight to fourteen. 
8 to 14. All right. Jamal, man, good to see you. Thanks for bringing your son. He's a polite <laughs> yeah. young guy. And it looks like he's going to be able to run pretty fast. Yeah, yeah, running yeah, up and down sure. our hallway here at the radio yeah. station. <laughs> good kid. And, uh, Mike, thanks so much for the work you do. And uh, for folks who, you know, we're promoting this event that's sold out, but how about, you know, you? I'm sure you're still looking for volunteers and, and people to be boys and, you know, uh, help out at the Boys and Girls Club. Oh, yeah. Uh, we're looking for members. We're looking for staffers. We're looking for volunteers, and we're looking for investors yeah. that want to uh, invest in a kid so you can inspire a future. Uh, like the buck over there. 55 Absolutely. years, yeah. you still have the card. And Christel Conti. <laughs> Christel Conti went to the, was a member at the Boys and Girls Clubs. Jamal, thanks so much. Thank you, uh, guys. You excited for Texas football this year? Think, yeah. Think pretty good things are about to happen? Uh, I hope so. I hope this is the year. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they brought back uh, the quarterback that you know, and they brought it back a lot of the top uh, recruiting class. So hopefully, this this is our year before we move on to the SEC. That's right. There you go. That's right. And uh, Jamal Charles would be helpful this year. Looks like he's still play, by the way. Nah, I know. Yeah, man. <laughs> These knees is, is, it can barely get you to to one yard. Okay, Jamal Charles, everybody. Thanks a lot. And Mike Coffin from the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, what is our website, Mike? Obviously, just Boys and Girls Club. BGCAustin.org. There you go, BGCAustin.org. Thanks, guys. We'll be right back. It's Bucky and Aaron. Good, bad, and ugly Friday. That was really good. Appreciate our man Jamal Charles, Mike Coffin from the Boys and Girls Club. Love hearing those stories of guys who are transitioning out of their tremendous pro careers and helping out the city of Austin do great things. There's so many of those stories, and Jamal is just one of them. And that dude was fast, Buck. Dude, I'm telling you, that's just those are those the guys that we're that we we get a chance to be around are just badass athletes, but they're badass people too. I, I mean, Mike just said, well, special. Hall of Fame human beings. Oh yeah, and, and we hear Derek Johnson all the time with his his uh, endeavors that he's supporting and helping kids read and books and libraries. I mean, uh, you know, these guys are getting back and and doing impactful things in the community, which is and they good. do it together too, which is kind of that. Oh, I mean, and just, they all show up for one another when yeah, they have an they've, event. They've done that. I mean, this is part of what Mac Brown yep. talked about when first when he got here about being a family. These guys have never forgotten that part of it. I mean, it's very easy to forget about. You know, you got things to do. Your 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 former uh, teammates have they have things to do. They have lives to go. But when it comes to helping each other out, these guys seem to be there for each other all the time. Yeah, and it's uh, over and over again. And um, you know, as we said, those other guys will be out there for this event on Friday. Quan Cosby being one of them. Quan's always front and center with all these things. Oh well, yeah. You know, if you if you put a golf club in Quan's hands, he'll be there. Well, yeah. You know oh yeah. <laughs> Some titleless balls, yeah, for sure. Well, and then you know, Quan does that for the university now in the athletic department. But uh, you know, when when, Quan, when we had your tournament, the Mullet Open last month, Quan was racing to get there at eleven o'clock because he had been at a clay shooting event that morning. Oh yeah, where he had to, like way out and like past Georgetown, so he had to fly down to or drive by the speed limit down to uh, Wolf Dancer to make that, which was pretty cool. Oh, he was on the tollway. Believe me, he was kicking it. I guarantee you, safely, safely, Quan. But uh, yeah. So that was cool. Appreciate that. And uh, all those guys doing good. Boys and Girls Club. Boy, Jamal is a big guy. He's Bigger a, than you think. Yeah, oh, no. Don't think of him as a, a little thin guy I used to see running up and down here or with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's a thick, grown man. And he was mad at me. I didn't mention his track and field. Love his yeah. track and field. Because that's what he said, my first, first love. love. First love. That dude was so fast. Obviously, oh. he won the big, the big 12 and... He was 4-3 at the Combine. He and Priest Holmes, I never saw guys set up screens like those two dudes. 
because well, he was, and he did at the pro level also. Well, at the pro, in the NFL, he really hit his stride. I, I mean, he was, he was his first few years in the league. He wasn't really, you know, all there yet. But then, what? He's probably top five Kansas City Chiefs all time leading rushers, right? Yeah, well, I would think I so. He and Priest, and um, you know, he was a third round pick if you remember um, for the for the Chiefs, and went on to, to you know lead the NFL and rushing a couple of times. But man, at Texas, just just a blur. Just I mean, he was part of that backfield. He was a freshman in 05 when they won the national championship, but that include that backfield included him. What they had, uh, Cedric Benson had graduated in 04, mm-hmm. but what Selvin Young, Jamal, oh yeah, Ramonts Taylor. I mean, they were just ridiculous. They had a lot talented. of speed in that backfield. You know, he he won the Texas 5A state championship with a 13-6. He went on the 110 meter hurdles. That's a good dude right there. Appreciate what, him. Wasn't Henry Melton a freshman running back that year? That the big the same year as Jamal, they came in the same year. Um, I'll look. And Henry went and played defense. Yeah, played defense tackle in the NFL. That's insane. That's still crazy to me that you can go from a running well, that, back to defense tackle. Well, that that the, the, so it's 05, Chris Obanaya was a freshman. Ramonts Taylor mm-hmm. was a sophomore. Selvin Young was a junior. Jamal was a freshman. Just stupid. Yeah, Henry Melton was a freshman on that team. Ahmad Hall. Ahmad Hall was the senior right. fullback. All of those dudes are were in the NFL at one point. Oh, well, everybody Mac recruited for a stretch. Made you know that started that Mac recruited went to the National Football League. That's why the, the last twelve years have been really tough to swallow because it was so good for a ten year stretch, talent producing and winning, and now it hadn't been. And it feels like we're getting back to that. The corner turning that uh, you know Texas has a lot of draftable players right now that are emerging. Could have a couple of, you know, they had Bijan Robinson this year, and there more coming. So that's when the winning starts, Buck. When you start having good players, absolutely, coaches coach and players play. Chris Obanaya played for a while, did he not in yeah, the NFL? Well, he became a, fi- a, fi- a fixture. Oh yeah, played fullback. All those dudes. All right, so that's uh, the football side of things. We've got baseball with the Longhorns through. All, I mean, there were some really impressive performances this weekend in college baseball. Uh, Wake Forest is the number one overall seed, and they went right through their region, Alabama. Came through their region without any losses. South Carolina went three and zero. Virginia went three and zero. Tennessee, as a as a, mm-hmm. as a two seed, went three and zero. They got through the Clemson regional. Uh, Indiana State, the Sycamores, didn't lose a ball game. And then there were the upsets that we saw with Oregon. Uh, or- Oral Roberts, Oregon is a two seed, winning the Nashville regional, taking out Vanderbilt and Xavier. And then Oral Roberts coming through that Stillwater regional, still to be decided today. Buck will be. Plenty of games, and um, you know they need. You know, Florida and Texas Tech are going to play a winner. I think that game starts in about two hours. I think that's a 11 a.m. start on the East Coast. Texas Tech fans will be locked into that. There is a chance that there could be four schools from Texas among the 16 uh, yeah. remaining teams. There's also a chance there could just be one, and that's Texas because uh, you know the most likely team to get through right now is TCU because they have two chances to beat Arkansas one time. As we told you, they're scoring a million runs. Uh, they're the hottest team going right now offensively after sweeping the Big 12 tournament and uh, their first two games at, at Fayetteville, 12 runs in the game one, 20 in game two. They'll play at least one today. Might need two games to beat Arkansas. But then Texas A&M plays Stanford tonight. They could they could be through if they win Stanford also. And then that Texas Tech-Florida final is today uh, as far as Texas teams and Big 12 teams moving through. So uh, Longhorns looking really good. Yeah, I'm going to have to root for the Aggies. I want Texas to play Texas A&M no matter where the game is. Uh, I, don't want to, I don't want them going out to Palo Alto. Ty's having a hard time. So, But here's the thing. Neither Buck or I went to Texas, right? We, we work at the Horn. We covered the Longhorn for a long time. I didn't go to Texas. 
Well, then you need to have a lot. You need to be more practical here. No, I can understand fandom. Never practical. Never practical. When always emotional. Texas, yes. always when emotional. it comes to Texas, always, yes. yes. And Ty was. Ty was I, I, Ty have, was a I have some big. audio from the Eric Kennedy uh, interview last night. I would love to have that. Okay, hold on. Well, I'll, I'll get it right for you. Pull that up because Eric Kennedy, one of the uh, senior he, leaders, of you this might team. agree with me. Well, look. I mean, here again, my three argument, my three pronged argument for why you should root for the Aggies to win tonight. Pretty simple. I'll say it again. You have a chance to host if they lose, if they win. No yes. guarantee, but you could host. There is a guarantee if they lose to Stanford, you're not hosting. You're going to Palo Alto. By record and by all ranking, A&M's the, the lesser team. Stanford's a top-10 team in the country, a host. We're in Omaha a year ago after knocking out Texas State and on their way to, to Omaha again. And A&M is – so you, have a, you're, you're, you want to play the, the lesser of the opponents. You want to continue to play yeah, your, well, better, gonna, your best chance. Yes, your, yes. and three – that it's going to push you over the top on the Directors' Cup if Stanford loses. Yeah, come on, man. That's three good reasons. Now, you know, if you have to go. We also we also asked the question, would you rather go, to if you're not going to be able to host and the committee doesn't choose Texas, would you rather go to Palo Alto or go to Aggieland to play a series? That's where I would say, you know what, because of the vitriol and the hatred and the rivalry, might rather go to Palo Alto at that point. But Most of your fans are going to go here, though. You get a better group. Yeah, but you, st- you know, I don't know what the odds, chance are they could host this thing because people talk about the bids. The bids have already submitted, and bid meaning money. Now, yes. neither one of these schools going to outbid the other, so it's going to come down to a choice. And as I said earlier, the, the one thing that that made sense. I heard Roger Wallace say this on the broadcast yesterday. If you if you just if you rank the teams one to sixty four, which I'm assuming the committee did when they ranked the teams. Was it prior rankings? One before to sixty four. Yeah. yeah, and that's how they built the bracket. Right, that's how you do it. The top eight, then the top sixteen, and then you come back. It's like a snake draft. You come back the other way uh, by ranking. And if you do that, you would discover that the higher ranked team was Texas because they got sent to play the nine seed mm-hmm. on the comeback on the return of the snake draft, one to sixteen, back around seventeen, eighteen, nineteen. Texas got sent to Miami, which would mean they were ranked right around twenty three, and then A and M was ranked sent to play number eight, which was Stanford. So you would be number 24. So that's how close these two are. They had a head-to-head meeting that Texas won. That's enough. And Texas won a share of the Big 12 Conference, which A&M did not do, uh, nor did they win their conference tournament. So, you know, there's – I don't know what the – I heard Craig and uh, Roger talking about this. There is no guarantee. Let's hear Eric Kennedy, though, last night. Ty pulled this audio from the postgame. Eric Kennedy, who made that tremendous – Three-run homer saving catch on Friday, part of the unreal defense the Longhorns flashed in Coral Gables. Uh, here's Tears Ties uh, pulled this out of you with Eric Kennedy. We don't know about next weekend, but we do know that uh, if the Aggies win, you've got a chance to win. You chance at hosting a Super. Is it odd that you got to kind of cheer for the Aggies tonight and maybe tomorrow? <laughs> I'll never find myself rooting for the Aggies, but, yeah, I mean, Super Regionals at the dish, there's nothing better than that. That would be electric. So I guess maybe for one night we can. All right, there you go, EK. Good job. Thank you. Right there. And I know we're rooting for the Aggies. Well, okay, you don't root for them, but you kind of can hope that in the back of your back. If it happens, it happens. We, we've already secured our spot. I think it would be more advantageous. Control what you can Texas. control. That's right. Well, they've already controlled that part. They did that part, yes. And it's out of their control. I mean, it would be classic them. Aggies to be like, oh, we're going to play Texas in the Supers and then just get blown out tonight. So that's exactly. Don't, right. don't be surprised if you see that. Well, the Aggies, you know, Stanford had to play two games yesterday. 
You know, like had to come through that loser side. That's why last night was disappointing for the Aggies to not get that one. Yep. Like Texas did. And, you know, Texas wanted no part of another game. And that's why when they fell behind 3 nothing, you're like, oh, boy. Uh, you don't want to have to go back to Miami on Monday in the humidity and play again. But they don't have to because of a nine-run third inning. And, um, you know, and that's that, – look, we've seen Texas – you know, we talk about signs of a good ball club. We've seen times at Texas this year where they're not very good. But when it all comes together – and they all play all phases, and David Pierce has told us this many times that that they're when they pitch they they can pitch to an elite level, they can produce runs at an elite level. They play defense at an elite level. There's just been times this year where they haven't done all three at one time. They pitch but not hit. They've hit but not pitch. They've you know early in the year they had some defensive lapses that cost them, especially out of Cal State Fullerton. They yes. had some struggles there, and in that series in Arlington to start the year. But here they are now. What you saw this weekend was great pitching. Backed it by great defense and then timely hitting when you needed it. And uh, Dylan Campbell continuing that hitting streak. This is the time you're supposed to play your best ball, and they are. And you said something I thought, uh, great observation, uh, that they looked fresh. They did. They looked fresh to me. Yeah, and the 10 days off, yep. I don't think there's any doubt that that did them well and served them well with this uh, this weekend. So now they get to sit back and only had to play three ball games and get ready for whoever comes out of the Palo Alto uh, regional, and then they'll decide where they go. But that's part of the good of the weekend. Also, the Denver Nuggets and Miami Heat. Heat have even that series at a game apiece. Who thought that was coming? Ty did. How much you win last night, Ty? How much you clear? Uh, 41 units this last week. 41 wow. units. Are you Very buying? Nice. You're buying lunch. Could be. Big breakfast. Big breakfast Monday. <laughs> Love it. You guys say that every day. Big breakfast, whatever <laughs> day. Big day Wednesday, Tuesday. It's around that time where I get real hungry. Yeah, man. Okay. Big breakfast day. Big breakfast day. Good, bad, and ugly. So there you go. Uh, Texas Tech in Gainesville playing Florida today. TCU facing Arkansas today. And then tonight, if they need to, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and West Virginia have all been eliminated. And as we said, the Oklahoma State thing was the weakest of them all. That is um, – they just they look like they quit, Buck. I hate to say that about a ball club. They were ready to go home, were they? Well, they were home. <laughs> They were playing in Stillwater. So they couldn't get any closer to home. And they had they were the only tech team to host, and they got beat in game one. Man, to, to go two and barbecue on your home field as a host, that's embarrassing. You know, it's one thing, to, you know, I mean, Texas wasn't very proud of going up to Arlington and going two and barbecue. You never want to do that. Omaha last year for the Longhorns. But as the home team hosting the regional, to be out after two games and then have to sit back and watch someone win a championship on your field, or at least to ruin a regional, and they gave up 18 runs. 18 runs to Dallas Baptist in the, in the elimination game. They just they just didn't compete like you would expect an Oklahoma State team to compete. I know they've had some issues there this year and dealt with a lot. But, man, that was disappointing. Oklahoma went out and uh, West Virginia, see ya. Sorry for your sister. They had, they, <laughs> they had to stay in the dorm rooms. Wow. Well, and you know what? I was reading some about that uh, that situation. We, we know in Lexington they had that big rail fest music festival. Oh, yeah. Where no one could get any hotel rooms. Plus they had a bunch of baseball tournaments going on high school in Lexington. Well, you know, people don't know this, but uh, Kentucky and West Virginia have a pretty good rivalry, right? They're not far from one another. And they're both backwoods kind of states. You know what I'm saying? Kentucky, West Virginia. So the West Virginia fans were all mad. Like they were up in arms. Like somehow they're getting screwed because they got to stay in dorm rooms and their team's getting hosed. So you you know your sister and all the West Virginia fans were not real pleased. With well, they're used deal. to sleeping on cots. Yeah, because they were mad. Well, how many people change more hotel rooms? How many hotels are there in Morgantown? Two. Like they're the best Western. The Knights Inn and the best Western. What do you got in Morgantown to stay at? 
Like it's not like you'd be any any different, and you can't reschedule a music festival that you've been selling tickets for for, for six months, and the bands are all coming. I mean, it's not like it's not a camp out. No, uh, but so the so yeah, West Virginia fans came in like mad. Well, and, and look, there's part of it that the the players had to stay in dorm rooms that were not super nice. College. I mean, let, let's let's start with this. It's not the worst thing in the world that college students stayed in college dormitories. That's not the worst thing. Is it, would it be better to be in some hotels? Yeah, probably so. But they're college students staying in college dorms. Now, the coaches, <laughs> the coaches had to stay in the dorm, too. Oh, yeah. It's uh, all right. Could you imagine if you were a coach and they you're sitting, you're sleeping up on this dorm uh, in Lexington? Look, all you get to do is focus on baseball then. That's all you got to do. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's not like the worst thing. It's not like during tour days you didn't do that at certain places like Boston College sure. rather stay in a daggum but dorm the, like but the, the players But the fans did. who wanted to come root for their team couldn't get any place to stay. Oh. So, But it's not like West Virginia can tout, no. tout their bevy of great hotel of choices. the Hiltons that they have there. And I will admit I've never been to Morgantown, and I'm not don't, planning on don't, getting there anytime There's no soon. reason. There's not a reason. Craig has told me some travel nightmares about having to oh, go to Morgantown. Yeah, of course. There just aren't a lot of roads in the whole state, so there are not a lot of places. No one doesn't. No one goes there much, so they have hotels. you got to have – Gotta have people yeah, who most of it's ex- exit only. <laughs> yeah, I mean to have more mo- mo- number of hotels based on people that come there because you can't. You got to have consistent uh, people staying there to be able to keep the thing operational. For crying out loud, West Virginia is very nice in the fall. The changing of the leaves is just like going to New Hampshire and places like that. That's a pretty state. It's but pretty, what, what, what's but it's the also main, pretty damn remote. Yeah, what's the main tourism attraction in the whole state of West Virginia? Beavers, the Green Beavers. the Greenbrier Green <laughs> uh, Resort thing deal. Oh yeah, there you go. Is that in West Virginia or Virginia? I think we're Virginia. I mean, Craig Flowers, Colonel retired, my good buddy. He has told me that he was sent to West West Virginia in the middle of nowhere for his uh, when he was in the army for his special training. His special training. He, he and his wife had to go there, and he can't tell you what he did. Oh yeah, I mean there, that's but. where they can do all their, their artillery stuff and not change the landscape of the the area. <laughs> yeah, you know? no one's done to notice. There's nobody around. No one's going to notice. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Uh, Let's not get too up in arms, West Virginia, about the situation, and you're out. You're out. Um, and by the way, Kentucky has to play Indiana today to get out of that that region. The Lexington region is still undecided, and they'll play. Uh, Kentucky won last night, so they're going to play a, a, a winner moves on game, Kentucky and Indiana. So there you go. Part of the college baseball weekend. We'll be back. A couple more good, bad, and uglies. We'll reset your top headlines and get you set up for the busy day here on the Horn. That's coming back. It's Bucky and Aaron. Yeah, good, bad, and ugly from the weekend. It was a good weekend for Longhorn Baseball. Really good. Also, eight other teams that have punched their ticket to the Super Regional Round. Good on David Pierce. I know there's a fire David Pierce crowd for whatever the hell reason, but uh, he is now 12-0 in his last 12 Regional games as head coach of the Longhorns. They haven't lost one since 2017. They're also into the Super Regional round for the fourth time in his tenure at Texas. And the uh, Horns are in this uh, round of 16 for the 13th time since they went to this format 16 years ago. So all that pretty darn good. LeBaron Johnson Jr. was awesome. Lucas Gordon and the Texas defense were awesome. And then that nine-run third inning yesterday was huge for Texas. Uh, Also good, Buck, the uh, Miami Heat in the fourth quarter last night. Pretty good. Fantastic, man. 36 points. They shot almost 70%. Michael Malone, the head coach of the Nuggets, was like 
beside himself. Beside himself at his team's defensive performance in the fourth quarter. He said, uh, how do you lose focus like that in an NBA Finals game? NBA Finals game. Now, give some credit to the Heat and the way they attack. But, man, that was... They haven't been there. They've not that's been the there. Difference. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we, you know, the, 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 the advantages the Heat had coming into the series were few. Well, you know, one of them was Eric Spolstra, who's a great coach. And, uh, and you know, starting Kevin Love last night. You know, making the decision to not double-team Jokic, stay in that zone, and not let Jokic beat you with the assists. He only had four last night, scored 41, but that seems like a, a game plan because the uh, Nuggets are now 0-3 this year in the playoffs when he scores 40 or more. You can't let him be the distributor, Buck, No, on top of the that, score. Th- th- it's too easy for him then. Yeah, that gets everybody involved, and that team's too talented if he's getting everybody going. So you cover the heck out of everybody else and kind of take your chances, and it's still Came down to a three-pointer at the buzzer there for Jamal Murray. That's how good the Nuggets are. They didn't play great, and they still had a chance to win that game. Yeah, I don't really see any more anything maybe but a seven-point win by anybody from this point on. I'm still taking the Nuggets to win the series. Nothing close? I mean, no, that's close. Oh, you want within seven points. Yeah, I don't see anybody running away, you know, a 12-point. I think it's all going to be close, all going to be fourth-quarter type of games. Who who do you like in game three right now? Uh, Right now I like the Nuggets. I like Miami. I like the Nuggets. I wonder what the line is. It's three days. It's on Thursday. It's the one's Wednesday night. Wednesday yeah, night. I like the Nuggets. I, I, you think they bounce right back? Yeah, I mean, I just they're, they're just too talented, and they didn't play great. I mean, when you allow an opponent who's a pretty good shooting team to shoot seventy percent in a quarter, I mean, you didn't play any defense. Yeah, you were about. not bringing the intensity on that end, and they've been a good defensive team. They were in game one because again, they're like they're like you know if they if they play really good defense, they're going to be their offense is so efficient. I mean, they're so efficient. Uh, also on the good side of the weekend, the Rangers again. Three more wins. They're 38-20, and 20, best offense in baseball. Rangers have a big series this week with the Rays. That's going to be a lot of fun. The two best teams in the American League and two of the best in all of baseball. That's a, a big series this week, which we will preview and get you ready for. Uh, Rangers playing great. Astros three and a half back. Astros just need to score runs. You know, if the Astros score the, t- the top two teams in run differential the last 20 games, Rangers way ahead as number one. Astros are number two. The Astros have gotten their bats going. Their pitching staff is so good. If you know 3.18 is their team ERA, if they score four, five, or six runs or more, they're going to mm-hmm. win. They're going to win almost every night. But their offense will go into go to sleep at times. And that did mean for yesterday. the Rangers because they're scoring double God. digits. Historically great, historically great start to the season. They're 58 games in, and they've already scored 10 or more runs 16 times, which is just dumb. And yes, the uh, hitting streak continues for Marcus Simeon. That was part of the good of the weekend. Also good for the Longhorn football team. We're 89 days to the start of the season. Summer workouts and summer the summer work begins today. And they got a commitment. You know, We know the Longhorns have a quarterback room that already includes Quinn Ewers as a returning starter with uh, being pushed by Malik Murphy and, and Arch Manning, three high-level recruits. Two of them were the number one recruit in the nation. Sarks also landed the quarterback for the class of 2024, and that's the Cy Fair quarterback, Trey Owens, uh, who – is you know locked in, and then over the weekend, part of a busy uh, weekend, the Longhorns got a commitment from another kid out of the state of Alabama, a quarterback for the class of 2025. Roll Tide. Yeah, you, you know Alabama was recruiting him, and uh, you know, so was Auburn, and so was Tennessee, and so was most of the SEC. And uh, this kid's name is escaping me. Uh, KJ Lacy, KJ Lacy is coming in. He's uh, a, a kid the Longhorns got. So safe again to say. Broken record. Sark can recruit, recruit quarterbacks. Oh yeah, pretty darn well. He's from Saraland, Alabama. He's six one one eighty, and he doesn't look six one one eighty in that picture. <laughs> that's, that's in Tuscaloosa, right? He's from Tuscaloosa. 
Uh, what I saw. Yeah. Well, might be the high school there. Yeah. Well, you know, he's leaving, <laughs> and uh, the Alabama was recruiting him uh, into the. Yeah, he's from Mobile. He's from Mobile, Alabama. Okay. Okay. Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Sarah Land High School there. So there. So Sark gets another piece, and they're you know trying to pick up the recruiting here push here in the in the in the summer, with the new coaches added. That was part of the good. The bad buck Austin FC loser. Yeah. Two to one after a long rain delay. That was a shame. They're not they're not a great team right now. Long season for them. Sack Josh Wolf. Sack, sack him. him. Sack him. Sack him. Ted Lasso. Come on. Also, man. I got to say bad on Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler. His, I mean, you know the the. The geeky golf stat that is strokes gained against oh, yeah. the field. His strokes gained against in Columbus, Ohio this weekend was 19. Tee to green. Tee to green. Like legendary. Tiger Woods like off the tee and onto the green. His putting was last. Strokes gained on the green. Was he on the LPGA tour? Which is why. And he finished third. He finished one out of the playoff because his ball striking is so good. But his putter is abandoning him. Victor Hobbs won that event. If he does, look out. Oh, yeah. Because his ball striking is, is Tiger Woods-esque from his heyday, literally. You know, bombing it off the tee straight, on every green. He's you, just, you can get that putting figured out, right? Yeah, he will. Can give, me, give you a call. Ask a lot of great golfers. It is the, it's the separator. Certainly is. It's the separator. Greatest putters of all time, Tiger Woods and Jack Nicklaus. That's right. They happen to be the greatest players two, of all time. That's times. right. It just goes with the territory. If you make putts and big putts consistently in big spots, that's what wins golf tournaments. Hey, Buck, have a good Monday. You too, guys. Big be- breakfast Monday. Big breakfast Monday coming up. I get you some get you some food. Thank you to Jamal Charles. If you missed any of our conversations, including that, in studio with uh, one of the great Longhorns ever, it's all podcast at hornfm.com.